Welcome back, everybody, to Edge of the Rabbit Hole. I'm author and researcher Mike Ricksecker. With me, as always, my co-host is Victoria Monday. And down in the chat room, Alina moderating the chat. We have a fantastic show coming up for you tonight. Elizabeth Saint is with us this evening. She's a film producer, actress. Many of you probably recognize her from Ghosts of Shepherdstown. Uh, she does a lot of work behind the scenes, too, though. And that's one of the things we're going to be talking about with her this evening. Uh, she is the president of the streaming platform Cossum, which uh, The Shadow Dimension has now recently been released on there. And I'm, Elizabeth, thank you very much for that. How are you doing this evening? I'm great. How are you? Uh, doing pretty well, thanks. So, um, I, I mean, kind of right off the bat, I mean, we'll, we'll get into, you know, Shepherd's Out. I know Victoria wants to talk to you about lightning. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I, I guess, you know, I kind of I want to ask you because, you know, Costum was, was Viddy Space and you've rebranded now. Um, so what's going on here with the platform? Yeah, it's um, it's there. There were a lot of new things that I wanted to implement into the new platform and a lot of changes that happened internally. So it, it's been it's been interesting. I've never rebranded a company before, and there's a, there's honestly like a lot of things that I I wanted to to change and to be able to branch out more and to reach like a wider audience from our filmmakers because I I've said it before, but I've never really cared about being you know, the next uh, Netflix per se. I, I want to be like a stepping stone in these filmmakers' careers to be seen, to have a wider audience so that that people can engage with their content. And I, I think, you know, we, I started um, a, a film festival last year and this coming weekend is the second annual one, but it's virtual this year. But during that process, honestly, it was when I really realized how many films are created and just never seen. And it's unfortunate, really, because some of these creators are just fantastic. And I never want somebody to get to a point in their career where they're like, oh, I put out this fantastic film, no one saw it, and now like the wind is out of my sails to continue this journey. And I, I want to inspire people to continue on and provide whatever I can to help them continue that journey. Yeah, that's fantastic because there are a lot of uh, amazing independent filmmakers out there that are looking for a platform. And, you know, it seemed like for a while there, you know, uh, you know places like Amazon were allowing, you know, submissions to there for independent uh, creators. And then all of a sudden they closed that up. And of course, uh, you know, many people use YouTube, but you have, uh, I mean, really, it, it does seem like a Netflix like platform where you, you you seemingly have a mixture of different kinds of content, but yet you uh, have the independent creators in there as well. Yeah, absolutely. I, I'm not very happy with Amazon myself. And it's such a shame too, because people used to be able to make pretty decent money putting their content up on Amazon. And every year it was like another cut, another cut, another cut. Then they had this sliding scale. And then, you know, last year they decided oh, we're not going to take any more, you know, documentary content or we're not, we're, we're going to limit your territories to, you know, this specific territory. You can show in the UK, but this one in particular can't be shown in the US. And you're like, what are you guys doing? You do realize that like so many, I know so many people relied on that income every month that were filmmakers to continue and pursue like what they were really passionate about. But yeah, I mean, 
To be completely honest, when it comes to the content that's out on Cosm, it's it's a mixture of everything that I personally am a fan of. So you'll find paranormal, you'll find UFO, you'll find cryptid, you'll find horror, thriller. I love nature and science. I love documentaries. I, I can't tell you how many different documentaries I watch every week. So <laughs> like you'll you'll find a lot of that a crime mystery. Like I just I feel like, you know, I'm just in, in a way, it's like projecting all of the content that that I personally love to watch. But I know so many people in our in our audience that are into the same things that we are would enjoy it as well. So that's amazing because I I don't watch TV. OK, <laughs> for that simple fact, which is ironic because I work in TV, but I don't watch it. And this sounds amazing because so many of my friends are independent filmmakers and they're just giving up. So this is this is exciting. Yeah. Yeah, it it, it really is. And uh, you, you see, you know, at, at least for me, because I've been doing something in regards to filmmaking for about 10 years. Of course, did a lot with the YouTube platform for a while. And I've seen a lot of great creators out there. You kind of carve a little niche on different on different platforms, um, you know, but you've been doing this for a while now. And you know, to me, you're, I mean, you're helping a kind of struggling community get out there and, and, and be seen. Uh, so it, do you like doing that more behind the scenes than being in front of the camera like you have been sometimes? I think that, I think it's way more rewarding behind the camera, uh, not only to help people out with their projects and what they're trying to do and pursue in their career, but also personally and the projects that I've worked on and, and have created and the ones that I'm, I'm currently working on. I, I just, you know, you, you when you're in front of the camera, you are projecting, uh, like let's say in film specifically, you're projecting someone else's vision and perspective, someone else's point of view and, uh, you're just hoping a lot of times that you're getting it right. And if not, then you're doing a lot of takes to get their vision right. <laughs> but, uh, and, and then in regards to like reality television, there's so many aspects of it in my mind that are that are tainted and um, edited and projected for the, for the wrong reasons, for lack of a better way to put it. Uh, behind the camera, it's, it's like you're in control of your destiny, of your vision, of, of what you want people to see, how you want it to be presented, what you want people to feel, you know? And I think that um, for me, like I, I'm at the end of this year, I'm going to be taking on like a very personal project to me and, and um, doing my, my first documentary. And I'm, I'm really excited about that. But oh, fantastic. Yeah, I, yeah. But I think it's, it's very, it is a, it is more rewarding process, I think, for everyone. And especially when you're coming together like with a crew of people and and then you like from inception to the end and at the end, you're like, there's so many emotions at that moment because you're like, you look back at everything that it took to get to that point and you can't help but feel proud about it, you know? Because uh, and unless you've gone through that process, you just don't understand it as just talent. You just don't. You don't. You don't. And now I, I, I think that over the past several years, when you do when you are on the production side, you understand more why uh, production doesn't really particularly they're not very fond of talent sometimes because they don't have the perspective. <laughs> they don't know what it's taken to get to that point. You know, there's like a short fuse in a way of it. 
<laughs> but I, I like that I've seen both both sides and both worlds because um, I I know what both sides like want in the process. So that that's always been a benefit as well. Yeah, I can imagine being in the shoes of, of both parties. It gives you a little bit more perspective for sure. Um, I have a couple of questions here from our uh, chatters already. So uh, from Nicole, uh, Guiding Echoes, what does Elizabeth want to present and what does she want people to feel? Oh, it, it, that depends on the on the project, definitely. I, I think with my, my own work that'll be coming out, it, it's definitely... I've always been a person that likes to show perspective just just in life. Um, and I, I want I want that to come across with whatever project I'm particularly working on. Um, I, I want it to tell a story. I want people to feel inspired. I, I want them to like any any good film or any any good documentary that you watch, like you feel like you're on a journey with that person. I want people to feel that. And especially after this past year, you know, so many of us, I think, are are like, oh, I got to get out. I got to do something. And I and I, I think so many people have seen it all already. Like a lot of people are craving to be inspired again. And um, I think that that's why I've, I've always loved the heart of independent content, too, is because and I use this analogy a lot when I talk about it. But, you know, like. Indie filmmakers are the college football players, you know, they haven't quite made it to the NFL, so they're not tainted. They, you know, they, they like have this, like, they want it. They, they, they want to, they're not afraid to take a chance. They're not afraid to do something that people in the studio would be like, oh, no way we're going to let you do that. Like, no, it has to be this way. They're not afraid to break format. They're not, they're not afraid to be creative and, I, I want to showcase that in whatever work I do. Um, yeah, there, there's yeah. a real hunger, I think. Yeah, you know, well, my friends that do the films and stuff, they have a hunger and they don't, they're like, I'm a filmmaker, leave me alone. You know, that kind of thing. But um, but they're not abiding by the studio rules, like you're saying, um, and it's more creative and you see things you wouldn't normally see. So, I mean, I totally agree with you. It's it's like being in the foxhole and you 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 mesh with people. So yeah, it's yeah, okay, absolutely. No, I <laughs> so uh, question here from Sarah Youssef: Do you find that attitudes toward paranormal projects vary by geographical region, like in Europe, Asia, and Australia, for example? Attitudes towards paranormal projects. Like I guess maybe uh, each uh, region having their you know own d different perspective on, on on paranormal activity. I definitely well a hundred percent. I think that they have different approaches to how they like to do it. Um, I I think that the way they go about it. It really depends. It depends on where where we are seeing this medium. I I think that. A lot of times when I see uh, paranormal content that's like from the UK or in, in Asia, um, for that matter, I, I, I wish a lot of times, and, and it's very heavily shown in, in the States with content you, you find from indie creators, I, I wish sometimes that they didn't feel the need to have the format be so driven towards what they see on television. 
I I think that like I I understand you know like the formula works. This is what people like. Like they like to be entertained. They want to be scared. They want to you know feel like something's happening because if they don't, there's there's like this this need from people a lot of times to to create that and that and I find that it's just so unfortunate. It doesn't really help the paranormal community as a whole be authentic, be, be its authentic self, find real answers. Because how are you going to find real answers when you can't even tell the difference anymore between what is what is presented as being real and what is presented as being fake? You know, and I think that's yeah, a major a issue. And I, I see that other countries, when they make content, like they feel like they need to be these like US paranormal television shows. And it's just like, that's not what we need. I agree with you. And so let's say we take that network bias out that that kind of forces that because that's what the you know the networks kind of want to put in front of people because you know people like that and all that. So right, take right. that out of the equation. What would be your ideal paranormal show? The stuff they don't want to talk about. The they any any paranormal production I've ever been a, a part of, the number one note from the network will always be um, can't integrate too much science, can't be too sciencey, can't be too technical. You can't you can't talk about stuff in specifics. It needs to be like, you know, like, and and a lot of times like there's been times where you know like people have gotten frustrated and angry with me because I'm like I'm, I'm I'm sorry I'm not. I'm not going to say that because it's actually not accurate. And and being an electrical engineer, like having that be my background, like I take a lot of pride in that, you know, like that that took a lot <laughs> for me to get to that point. And I, I'm not going to say something that's inaccurate, especially when, when I know that that's not true. If you want me to talk about my personal experience and my feelings, it's fine. But I think I think that it's a shame that they're they shy away so much from finding real answers, real solutions, things that actually could benefit the community and not have us be like the laughing stock of a lot of people, you know, because that's, that's, that's ridiculous. There's so many things that affect our environment on a day-to-day -day basis that we can't see. It doesn't mean that it's not real and it doesn't mean that it doesn't exist. You know, um, mm -hmm. electricity is a very clean example of that. <laughs> so it's like, I, I mean, I think that my ideal paranormal show I, I would love to have it really break down more what we've learned so far and, and really like do cutting edge stuff. Like really don't be afraid to get into science. Don't be, be afraid to get into nitty gritty of things. The worst things that I think networks do today is they underestimate the intelligence of their audience. Hands down, that's probably the most frustrating thing to me. You don't have to dumb it down for people. People want something that's real. They want something that's true. They're tired of all the, the BS of the world in general. Like, yeah, some people just want to be entertained and like, you know, free my mind and let's let's not think about anything else. But at the end of the day, like I, I want, I would love people to, as a group, go on a journey for real answers, real solutions and, and go to the depths of where that takes them. And don't be afraid to do experimentation. Um, my my favorite uh, like production I worked on was actually um, season three of Paranormal Lockdown. Season three and four, I was the they coined me as the paranormal investigation producer. I pretty much I, I made gear and I created the uh, 
the experimentations that they would do on the show. But season three was my favorite because I got to do experiments that, you know, people weren't typically doing. You know, I would I would put Nick in like a, um, this uh, deprivation tent and he would be in the basement of this haunted location. And I was just kind of curious because people already have trippy experiences just by being in one of those things sometimes. <laughs> and I was like, let's just put you in the most haunted location you've been to recently and let's just see what happens. Like, let's document your experience. Let's like, let's not just like run around with a meter and, and pretend like we know what it's actually picking up on, you know, like, like let's, let's step outside the box and let's, let's think about how we can find some real answers, you know? And I, I wish that they would give people more freedom to just be real because it then stems down to the rest of the community, all these paranormal groups, you know, it, it like, it doesn't, it doesn't help the community if everyone's just, just mimicking what they see on TV, you know? Um, and I, I loved your season in particular, your series, because like it's it's true, it's real. You're on a journey, you know. Like you're there's it's like the most Thank authentic you. thing that you can watch. You know, we need more content like that. To be honest, we really do. I I sincerely appreciate that, and yeah, it was kind of like what you were you know saying, and that was everything you said was wonderful. Um, and, but within there, you had said that. Um, you know, we're trying to, you know, do more things. We're trying to actually find out, you know, the the root of this, you know, what is really happening there, you know, do some different experimentations and, and discover and, and learn. And so, um, yeah, definitely more content, excuse me, content like that would be needed. Uh, a couple of things. Coyote Chris Sutton's in the house as Elizabeth was one of my favorite people in the business and in the world, open, honest, and a good friend. So <laughs> great to see you, Chris. <laughs> And uh, we have a $2 super sticker from Nicole from Guiding Echoes. Thank you very much, Nicole. So, um, you, and you did mention in there, of course, that you are an electrical engineer. And I know uh, uh, Victoria's itching to, to ask <laughs> you about the lightning. So uh, what is oh. this about electricity and lightning that, uh, that you're attracted to here? Wait, I've got a couple of questions about this now. So, okay. <laughs> The lightning. Yes. But um, I have a friend who said he's been struck by lightning four times. I'm like, you're just lying because there's no way you're going to be walking oh on this God. earth if you have been struck four times. But you said you were struck three times. Yes. What, I want to talk to your friend. <laughs> I'm so he's happy that you started it off that way because like, <laughs> I, I, I'm rare to tell people because you can see it in their eyes and in their face when, when yeah. you say something like that because they, they're like, your birds like what happened to you you know yeah. and it's like well it doesn't if, if you if you learn about it you realize that it, it doesn't exactly work that way and uh <laughs> were you just in the wrong place at the wrong time or, or is there like a chemical um something extra you have or were you standing on some limestone with a lightning rod and an umbrella i mean what, what happened <laughs> these are good theories um uh so actually uh I, I strongly believe that if you've been struck once, that um, it's it's very um, it's very likely that you could potentially be struck again. I, anyone that I've spoken to, I can count on one hand, um, that have been struck once, uh, they do have they've either been struck multiple times after, or they've almost been struck a few times after. And I think it does change something. And uh, I mean, I know I know it has for me. Um, but the first time I was, I was, uh, in a golf tournament, I was about yeah. 18 okay. years old 
<laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and we were we were the furthest hole. We were the furthest hole from the the clubhouse at the time, and there's like black clouds coming in the distance. And I caught up the clubhouse, and I'm like, you know, there, there's a storm that's clearly coming. Should we mark our balls? You know, we're in a tournament. I want to make sure that we do everything as we should. Sure. And uh, they were like, oh no, it's, it should be coming this way. You'll be fine. Five minutes later, it's just like torrential downpour. Oh. No, 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 no. <laughs> and uh, and so everyone else had already hit off their second balls, and they were walking up the side. So the closest person to me was maybe fifty yards ahead. And and so I remember I I went down to mark my ball. My clubs were on my back. And when I stood up, I saw the most beautiful streaks of light just streaming around my face. Oh. And then that was it. I I remember like pieces. I, I remember standing up and my first instinct was to go down and grab my bag, my clubs. Mm-hmm. I don't know how they got there. They were on my back the last time I remember. But uh, but then the, this, the, the girl that, that was in my group, she was like yelling at me and remind you, <laughs> remember oh, wow. there's like rain pouring down and she's like shouting over thunder, don't touch your bag. And, oh. and it was just uh, mm. so the way she described it, the the biggest bolt of lightning she's ever seen in her life <laughs> came down uh, right like on on top of my head, and I think I think what what uh, the reason why I saw the streaks of light around my face was because it kind of arced around me to the ground at the same time um, from my oh, back, wow. and um, and uh, my mom just told me last week she was adding more to the story I didn't know about because she she talked to my parents afterwards. Um, because I was I was very out of it, and uh, she said that I, I like lit up as it was happening. And I, and when I think about it now, I just think about the movie Powder. <laughs> I'm like, oh, no. would I light up like him in the field or something like that? <laughs> I don't know like- if anyone's seen that movie, but yeah, it just kind of reminded me of that. <laughs> it's not like the cartoon where you could see the skeleton inside you. I I hope. Oh, I don't know. I have no idea. Okay, I have so. No don- idea. Don't be waving the nine iron around when you're no, out there. No, no. Um, we were kind of talking a little bit beforehand. I, I mentioned I worked in amusement parks. Um, and when there's lightning and there's certain ranges, if lightning is in 25 miles of where you are, the rides are shut down. So, I mean, that had to have been close. I mean, 25 yeah. miles. I mean, that can travel that far. Yeah. Yeah. I can, I can, I can predict, predict a lightning storm. Uh-huh. 40 minutes out now yeah i think i've time oh, you it. can feel it coming yeah yeah oh wow okay it's really wild yeah well, that's cool i huh. guess i don't know <laughs> i mean i've i've had a lot of after each one it was everyone was a little different um the the last time was probably the scariest because i couldn't there was a period of time where i couldn't remember how to how to talk for like oh. two hours after i, oh, I wow. would try but it was um it was very bizarre were you actually struck by the bolt or was it just the static that being so close to it? Um, no, that <laughs> don't stand near windows. The, the, the last two times were actually through, <laughs> they were actually through windows. Um, the, yeah. the last oh. time I was just walking by the window. Yeah, that's. Yeah. I, I was telling Mike I, when I was a little kid, I was in a F5 tornado and we had a storm. <gasps> were we you? Had, oh yeah, 
Oh my I gosh. Still, I was two and I still remember this. And we have a storm going on right now. And I'm like, I don't like this at all. <laughs> I want to stay away. Yeah, you were scared of the, the windows blowing in and yeah. The, the trees banging on the windows. So it's like, a tree's okay. banging on the window. Yeah, that's that's not good. So, or a squirrel. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> be this has become the weather talk. It has been. Doppler um, the case. So, <laughs> we have a uh, $2 super chat from Hinsdale Girls, Michelle. Thank you very much, Michelle, for the $2 super chat. Absolutely appreciate that. Uh, but but let me ask you, Elizabeth, because uh, this past week in the conference that I was at, uh, Danian Brinkley was uh, speaking there. I don't know if you uh, know of Danian, but he has also uh, been struck by lightning uh, the the first time, uh, or his he's had uh, a couple of near death experiences. The first time was by being struck by lightning. So were any of these times that you're struck by lightning an actual like, near death experience where you may have seen something or what have you? No, I, I've had near-death experiences and that, um, no, actually, no, um, would have been interesting if it was, but, uh, yeah, the, the first one just completely knocked me out and, um, I, I think that after that point, there's like a, there's like an adrenaline anxiety now when there's like <laughs> storms, mm -hmm. <laughs> <Yeah>. um, <laughs> But no, actually, that, that's interesting, though, okay. because they're so quick. Uh, um, and any, I, I've, I've had near-death experiences a, a couple times, and they're they're quite different for sure. Um, definitely not that's, like that. Sarah Yusuf is asking here: uh, Have those events seemed to increase your uh, paranormal sensitivity? That's hard to answer because it's always it's always kind of been there. Um, there there have been uh, there have been times where it 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 there like a period of time after where it affected electronics around me, um, and that sounds crazy I know, um, but actually we were uh, we're we were doing episodes. Actually, you were one of our guests on the the Paracase <laughs> Files on Cosm. Paracase Files. Yeah, yeah, and that'll be coming out soon. But um, we've we it, we interviewed another guy, and he uh, it was part of our near death experiences episode, and it was the only other person I had ever spoken to who had like a near death experience and had um, affected electronics afterwards. And um, I, I remember my my sister, she would always yell at me after the first one whenever she was watching a movie because she'd be watching it in like the, the VCR player or the DVD player. And um, and whenever I would get close or like come down to the basement where she was watching it, it like it would it would mess up like the TV and stuff. So I was like banned from going around the televisions in our house for a period of time. I don't know what it was. It was very bizarre. But I, I think like paranormal sensitivity, eh, I wouldn't really say that. Um, more sensitive maybe to the elements for sure, especially since, uh, you know, I, I can feel the comings on of a, of a storm. But uh, yeah. So I you're like closer so. to nature almost. Yeah, but you I'm also, you know, yeah. <laughs> I always say, you know, I'm an earth sign, so I already feel close to nature as it is. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's interesting because my friend Lion is the one who's been struck by electricity or lightning so many times. But he and I can be at work and we get close to one of the routing panels and we'll short it out. We don't even have to touch it. 
I'm telling so, you, there's something to it. Maybe because yeah. maybe the storms do something to you electromagnetically. I don't know. Oh, for sure. I definitely think that. I, I mean, it's hard for me to also say because when I was a kid and I would be uh, home alone, um, whenever I would sense things in my house or I knew something was there, I would get scared. And so I would run around and turn all the lights on in the house, but I would pop them out at the same time. And I think like that just specifically <laughs> has to do with like your panic energy into the environment and you flipping a switch and having a bust on you. But um uh, so I don't know, or maybe I've just been always like, you know, a little conductor. I have no idea. <laughs> well, I think people are, you know, individually charged, uh, you know, a little bit differently. And you know, I think some of the things that I talk about uh, people, uh, you know, having a little bit of a different frequency, but that would might even work as well for electricity as well. Like there's this woman that I used to work with where she would always, you know, crazy things would happen with her and her computer. And there was one time where she actually just went to turn off the monitor and it was like a little lightning bolt shot out from her finger, hit the monitor uh, window, I guess, because it was back in CRT days. And it actually ended up rebooting the computer. So just crazy stuff. I've done yeah. that. I believe it. <laughs> yeah, you see the little zzz, you know. Yeah. yeah. Especially if you drag your feet, you conduct electricity that way and charge up um can i ask you 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 make itc um ghostly gadgets is that what it is yeah ghostly gadgets I, yeah i i love the calm sphere it reminds me of something i had when i had a hamster <laughs> <laughs> I so love funny. the cosmere you know what i i got i got a lot of flack for that one to be honest what? when that when that episode came out people were like uh it did a hamster ball uh, i thought to myself like come on I, I didn't have much time to build it, first of all. And I was thinking to myself, like, what is round, a round enclosure that I don't have the 3D print that I can do right away? And then I was like, oh my God, a hamster ball. That would be perfect. <laughs> I could put the accelerometer right in the center and 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 it, that would be that would be absolutely perfect. I, I call it like, there's a few things that I've made that I call it kind of like lazy investigating because you don't really have to be there. You can leave it. And then the Consphere in particular, I, I hooked it up to its own uh, Wi-Fi router at at that client's house, and oh. uh, and so it would send me a message whenever it moved. <laughs> that's brilliant. See, that's yeah. the kind of thinking outside the box we need, not the you know. What? Okay, I mean, I'm not gonna say anything. Glow in the dark. I mean, come on, glow in the dark. ball. That's awesome. It's like using the little cat boy um, cat balls that light up and say, yeah. "Can you move it?" And then they light up. I mean, that's not little spirit. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. Are you still developing your own equipment? Um, I I do for t I I haven't had time recently, but I do from time to time. It just it just depends on the on the project and stuff like that. I I had sure. built so much for season three and four of um, lockdown that uh, after that it was a good little break. Plus, video space is keeping me busy right after. And um, but right. I have been asked recently. Um, uh, a friend of mine has has asked. I know Steve Shippey has asked me recently for for some of his projects that he's working on, and he's probably the only person right now I'd, I'd make some for. I'd put aside no. some time, but uh, in the future, <laughs> I I do have it on my list to. I see the thing is I want to put something out for everybody, but there's there's two things that are very well, actually three things that are very important to me. One that's cost effective because people spend mm -hmm. way too much money on oh, paranormal sure. equipment. Mm -hmm. 
and, yeah. and I think it's I think it's a sin to be honest. Um, uh, the second thing is is I want it to encapsulate many different things, and I also want it to be customizable. I, I want to be able to supply people with exactly what's inside. I want the give them the opportunity to you know if you want to change parameters that like this is how you would do it um and and give them you know the the free software to be able to do so i i want i want people to actually know what they're using and um adjust things specific for their use case and i want it to kind of be an all-in-one box um and i definitely i definitely want to put something out but i i want it to be the best that it can be for everybody you know that's interesting you said you know to, to customize it for their specific use case and i don't think people necessarily think about that on investigations they're just like i have this whole slew of equipment you know i spent a lot of money on it let's throw it all out there where you know all that equipment may not be appropriate for the specific investigation so that's pretty interesting that you mentioned that yeah i think that uh, some of that comes from you know investigating the field or like when i would build equipment for nick and katrina it was like it they they would have sometimes something just happen and i'd be like okay if you guys could give me an hour i, I can whip something together <laughs> that i know will specifically we can test in the night investigation to see if this happens again and that that would be super cool because i i knew what happened like for instance uh, an example like they they were interviewing this one lady and a mirror fell off the wall Ooh. and the the hook that was holding up the mirror was angled up. So you say to yourself, okay, how does the wire actually get over that hook? Ooh, I have no idea, but it happened. Right. And I and I was like, okay, just, just give me some time and I'll build something real quick. And I did, I, I made something that would detect if anything touched the mirror, if it moved slightly at all, um, came into the room, it, it, would, it would make an alarm. And I, I think like that, that was a specific use case and I designed it for that in particular but there's also there's so many depending on where you're going and where you're investigating you need to take in consideration you know environmental factors and and say you went in and did like a baseline of something you'd be able to go to this device and and be like okay i know that that this was like the baseline and and change it to that or you could you could change parameters like the distance in which you wanted to like actually detect something and little things and yes you could put you know, you could you could put a knob on it and have it adjust that way. But I want people to be able to go in and change it to the way that they like to do. All my equipment, I I always made very intelligent, so it would do it naturally. But there's a big part of me that just wants people to understand what they're actually using because there's a there's a huge void there. Because if you ask people like, oh, what is this detecting? And they're like, oh, EMF. It's like, okay, well, what what is that to you? What does that mean? Yeah, like what is the range? What's it actually measuring? So, you know, it would be great is if you made like a travel log because like, you know, maybe you're going, oh, I don't know, Ireland next year and you can only take one suitcase. And, <laughs> like like, like us. Tell yeah. me more, Victoria. Tell me more. Uh, Where like am I going? <laughs> oh, come with us. Um, like, like a Swiss army knife of paranormal because I saw one, I think it looked like an old uh, cigar box, which I absolutely loved. Um, and oh, yes. Yeah. yeah. I love that one. Nice. It was so cool. Yeah. I was like, that is so practical. That's something you can find anywhere. If we could just like make a box where, you know, we could, I don't know, shoot a beam to measure something or have oh, a green yeah. green grid or, or you know, I mean, my dad used to get the um, the ohm meter and, he, you know, I would hold one and he would hold the other. He was an, his W also. Um, it's like, I, oh, do that. I do that with my daughter. 
Yeah, but it's like, we're making, we're making a current. I'm like, we're going to touch our fingers now. Watch what happens. Yeah. <laughs> we're closing the circuit. Yeah. <laughs> push me across and it's like, oh, look, the circuit's broken. You know, then touch again, like you said. And, yeah, you know, yeah. I understand electricity now because of that. So, I mean, that's, I'm just saying. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So given all of that, question here from Nicole. She called you earlier uh, the, uh, like the, the female MacGyver, which is pretty funny. <laughs> um, she asked, what's Elizabeth's favorite scientific approach to paranormal investigations? Awesome question. Which brings me to a, a, a slight conundrum in my life. Okay. Uh-oh. <laughs> no, but I've had experiences my, my entire life since I was a kid. Um, you know, I know on Ghost of Shepherdstown, they, they like to call me uh, sensitive. That's why they like to label me as. And I, 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 I'm kind of like a mutt in terms of like everything that I, I experience all the time. But mm-hmm. um, uh, honestly, when, it, when I was with my team, uh, Maryland Paranormal Research, this was before Ghost of Shepherdstown, um, uh, a lot of times what I personally like to do, and it's not very too scientific, but I, I would, I, w- I would go, I would walk around the entire place and I would feel it out. And I, I wouldn't want to know anything about the place. And I, I just like to go and see where I personally felt like any kind of changes in the environment, where I felt like a little strange, where I got like an impression, where, where wherever I felt like there was just something different, something off, something unusual. And I would... I would set up our, our equipment uh, in that way. I would be like, okay, well, I want to put this here, this there. And when it came to my old team, it was like the perfect team for me because we were very data-driven. I, I'm no joke, it would take us hours to set up all the data that we would collect in every single room. When we had like a, we had like three or four laptops we'd set up sometimes with all kinds of various sensors hooked in and we had sound stages in every room and it was a lot. But I learned so much during that time because it was the perfect balance between feeling and scientifically validating my experiences. And that was what was good for me. And I think I think it was a, an a, amazing approach because, yes, like to an extent, science can only tell us so much. Data can only tell us so much. There's so much that we don't know. And I'm, I'm a very strong believer in the fact that, you know, so you've heard it from so many people before, but the best tool sometimes absolutely is ourselves because you can't deny someone else's personal experience. Even if you feel that that personal experience is not valid, it doesn't like hold any, any value in, in the scientific world. It doesn't matter because at the end of the day, none of us know why we're here. None of us know where we're going. None of us know what any of it is made of. You could all be just figments of my imagination. I could just be crazy. <laughs> it's just like no, nobody really knows. So you can't say that it doesn't exist. You can't say that it, it's not possible because un- until you can prove without a shadow of a doubt, which you absolutely can never, um, I think that my my personal process is personal to me and it should be personal to everybody else because that, that's whose experience it is, you know. Yeah, absolutely agree. I, I think there's some happy medium there between, uh, you know, what we can prove scientifically and, you know, what, what our consciousness experiences. You know, we you go down the realm of, you know, different dimensions and all that. And, 
Yeah, I'll just throw out an example real quick. Like when people talk about things like, you know, the multiverse and all that, and you have quantum physicists talking about that, but they're talking about it more as like a physical sense where other people are talking about it from like a consciousness sense. And so it's like, you're talking about the same thing, but in two different ways. And I think there's a happy medium in there somewhere. So investigating the paranormal, I think it's the, the same way. There's a happy medium in there somewhere. And what that is, and it's and it's a shame because you have people within the community that fight over that. Yeah, absolutely, um, absolutely. And I, I think that, and there, there's too many extremes people go in in either direction. And there, I, I definitely think there's a happy medium. It's a shame that more people aren't, especially in the scientific community. I know in the engineering community, I would get ridiculed all the time whenever I would put posts about that even like dabbled in the paranormal people just didn't like it and um you know there was a lot of en engineers and when, when i um when i when i worked for the dod like <laughs> there was i learned i worked with a lot of old school engineers like i was i mean they were all classic engineers like the original engineers i would say the OGs of the field. Um, but, you know, it was something like they would come to me in secret and they'd be like, you know, have you thought about it this way? Have you thought about it that way? But it's not something that they would ever address in a public forum. And it's a shame because you could you could have like if we could if we could bring the scientific perspective in and just open their minds to the fact that not everything has to be so black and white. I feel like it could really help progress the field forward as well. And, and there's some some that exist, but I feel like they don't have enough of a, a voice. And I think that that would be really beneficial to us if they did. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Because engineers think everything's so binary, black and white, black and white, like you said. Yeah. But you a know, lot of them, but there, there's a few out there, I know. <laughs> and I know that a few of them are now retired and I want to stalk them and find out where they are now. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I have people, people will come up to work with me in the state. Did you know that? Da, 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 and they would tell me their story. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I heard that. <laughs> it's okay. It's secret. <laughs> you you so, had mentioned. Oh, can I ask you real quick? Um, you no, had mentioned about um, having paranormal activities when you were very young, and I saw an interview where you said it um, continued um, in, in regards, especially to the the shower incident. Do you think that was the same entity as when you were a child, or, or was this something different? That is a very good question. You know, they actually, uh, and no one's ever asked me that, uh, the, the <laughs> entity that I dealt with, with uh -huh. as a child was, was very similar in that it was a very masculine energy. And um, the way it would approach me would be, it liked to approach me when I was like in twilight stages of sleep as a child or on the verge of sleep and definitely when I was sleeping. Mm -hmm. um, you might have to preface this a little bit for some of the oh, uh, viewers yes, and listeners right. that aren't aware of the story. Okay. So the story. <laughs> so when I was a child, I, there was a particular entity that was always around me. Um, and I think in the interview that you're, you're mentioning, mm -hmm. I had talked about when I first moved to the D.C. area, I had moved into this apartment uh, here, here in Northern Virginia. And I, I started having experiences slowly over time that reminded me so much of the ones that I would have as a child. And it's not like, you know, there was this void of time where everything went away. But for me to uh, feel any sort of way about an experience I have, it has to be a lot. It really does, because I, I think over time, I've just kind of been numb from a lot of it. And uh, this particular thing 
would it started where it would visit me in my dreams or I would wake up in the night and I would see it standing in uh, at my bedroom entrance. And then I, it started getting worse um, over, over time with the dreams. And uh, I remember one dream I had, I, I was outside of my body and uh, I remember this is going to sound very bizarre. Dreams can be weird, so I'm just going to go with it. Yeah. I remember being outside. I remember walking out of my, I was still sleeping in my bed, but I remember walking out to my living room and there were these people praying in the center of my living room, like these three women. And then I remember walking towards the kitchen and I saw like this very like demonic looking figure. Mind you, I, I was outside of my body at the time. And, and then I remember, um, I was saying to myself, like, I'm just going to go back into my room. This is very bizarre. I know that I'm dreaming. But then I remember passing. So there's a, a walkthrough closet that went from my bathroom to my bedroom. And I remember passing by the closet. And I, I saw out of the corner of my eye this man pacing back and forth in the closet. And he was just wearing a trench coat. Like it was very bizarre, but he was just wearing like a trench coat and he was pacing back and forth in the closet. And I remember my my spirit telling me, do not let him notice you. Do not let him know that you are outside of your body right now, sort of thing. It was very bizarre. I feel like when you when you're in dream state, sometimes there's knowledge that you suddenly have that you didn't have before, but something was telling me, do not let him see you. And I remember making a creak on the floor. And, um, and him, like he was, he like turned back really sharply and I saw his eye from over his shoulder and no joke. I watched myself jump back into my body. I gasped for air when I came up and I was like, Oh my gosh. And then I real, and then I came to the realization, like, Oh my God, was that real? Is that the guy that I've been seeing every night? So the story that you saw from the interview, I was taking a shower one day. This is when it started getting really bad. Okay. I was taking a shower one day and, uh, I, I remember starting to hear like this whistling, like someone was whistling a tune and it was getting closer. And then I started hearing these boot footprints coming into the bathroom. I immediately thought to myself like, Oh no, someone broke into my house. Did I not lock the door? Like, what am I going to do? I'm naked. Do I attack this person? Like, what am I going to do in this? Moment? I really thought that there was somebody in my bathroom. And so I'm like, I'm standing there for a minute. I, I, you know, when you feel the presence on like on the other side, you know, when someone else is there, and I felt him on the other side of the curtain. And I just, we were just kind of both listening. He stopped his tune and just stood there. And I was like, okay, on the count of three, I'm just gonna pull back the curtain and I'm, I guess I'll just Kung Fu him. I don't know. <laughs> so three, two, one, I pulled back the curtain and there was nobody there. And at that point, I, I thought to my, and then my, my dog at the time comes scurrying around the corner, like, oh, so happy to see me. Um, but at that, that was like the whole, like, that was my incentive to go and find Maryland paranormal research. That's why I started investigating with the team here because it got to a point where I was like, I need to figure out what has been going on in my life. I, I need to validate this because either I am insane or there is something to it. And I 
I've been pretending like I'm not crazy for way too long now. So I, I feel like I need some validation here as to what's been happening. So this was in Maryland, the, the, the whole blast part? Uh, Northern Virginia, yeah. Virginia. Yeah, could... my team was in Maryland, yeah. Okay, because I've heard things like this before, especially um, in regards to the closet, the shadows in the closet. Do you think it was like a time slip? And especially the Virginia area, you know, all that, you know, New England stuff and the witch trials and all that kind of history that goes through there. No, there's a difference. There, there's, okay. there's, yeah, yeah. No, it's a great, it's a great question, but there, there's definitely a difference um, um, from experiences that I've had with, with whatever things are sometimes. Okay. Um, but, but no, I don't, I don't think that that particular guy was necessarily. I think he was actually crazy, to be honest with you. He came off very much so like that. The validation mm -hmm. for this story, I um a friend of mine who was on my paranormal team, he lived out the rest of my lease in that apartment. And uh, he had mm -hmm. moved in with his fiance uh, at the time. I didn't, I didn't mention any of this. What am I going to say? Like, Oh yeah, live out the rest <laughs> of my lease. I'm not sure. Maybe there's a guy there. Maybe there's a hunt. So, so he, he, they spend one night, he calls me the next morning. He's like, so when were you going to tell me that there's a man living in this apartment? I was mortified. I felt horrible. <laughs> he, he told me that apparently in the night, his um, his uh, fiance was getting like touched on the leg by oh, by, wow. by somebody. Wow. <laughs> and I, there, there was a weird moment for me because part of me is like, oh my god, I'm not crazy. And then another part of me is like, I, I feel awful. What do you want me to do? I am so sorry. But they. He said they they cleanse the place and I I guess that it was fine I don't I don't know <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. So real quick, we have a uh, five dollar super chat from Adam oh. Tillery. He says for the OGs in the field, Adam yeah. coming out of lurking mode to drop down a super chat. Appreciate that, Adam. <laughs> so I hope the uh, little one is doing well. Um, Lindsay Rutledge makes a comment here. Sounds like you're astro projecting. So. Is that that's something you do on uh, I don't know a regular basis or or what have you? I don't talk about this stuff, but yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I uh, I no, I I <laughs> honestly, it, it's um, I I grew up as one of those kids where you know, like your your imagination and things that you experience as a kid just don't go go away. Like they just have never gone away from me. I think a, a lot of aspects of me just haven't been tainted like that so as a, as a child I remember very vividly doing it all the time um and and now that I'm older you know there's stresses of life that holds you back a bit but um uh, but yeah it does it does happen it does it does happen a lot still um my my dreams are still just as vivid as they were when I was a kid um I, I know that I visit people I know that I go places I I um it just depends it, it really does. It, it, it depends also how stressed out I am too, because that'll, that'll affect it. Do you have the ability to control that at all? Or is it just kind of random for you? Sometimes it'll pull me out randomly. Um, but I, I know right away when it's happening and, um, sometimes I'll, I'll explore more or I'll do things or you can have fun with it too. You can, you can go places, tour the world a little bit. Yeah. You can, yeah. I yeah. used to call I used to call it dream walking and I would yeah. intentionally do yeah. it and I would like go visit a friend and then like a week later they would say, you know, I had the strangest dream about you the other night. 
oh, you did? Oh, really? <laughs> That's interesting. Who <laughs> tell? You know, it's just because you know, I don't have TV. You know, and I got to do yeah. things like this. You know. <laughs> I used to, uh, I used to sleepwalk a lot as a kid. Oh, and me too. I, and and did you find that it went kind of hand in hand? Because for me, sometimes it would. Mm -hmm. With stress, I woke up one morning and all my shoes were come out of the closet and they were pointing toe to toe. I just knew I had an, a poltergeist or something. But um, my manager at the time said, no, you're just stressed. And you are doing that kind of, that's your, it's a control thing. Yeah. Or a poltergeist, I don't know. But. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we're getting down toward the end of the show. So I want to make sure that, um, you know, you kind of plug Cosm here. And anything else that you have going on, Elizabeth, what, what's, on, what's on deck for you next? Well, there is the, the Cosm Film Festival this weekend. We'll be premiering a lot of uh, great indie films. I'm excited on Friday and Saturday. And um, everybody that's on there has the opportunity to vote for who gets the Spacer's Choice Award, which is like that goes to, I give $1,000 to the people who win the Spacer's Choice Award, kind of go towards their next production and, you know, continue. Oh, fantastic. Oh, nice. Yeah. So, if you just vote, if you just type in vote in the comment section of, of whatever film that you like, um, they they get tallied. So uh, that, that's this weekend. I'm excited about that. It'll be great to have um, a bunch of creators come together. And then aside from that, uh, there's there are some like personal projects, like I said, I'm working on. Um, my uh, any, I, any details you can leak at all or still yeah, under wraps? There, well, there's there's one that's more, you know, in in the midst of um, par the paranormal kind of genre. I I hate to say that sometimes, um, just because everybody just thinks of like you know spirits, ghosts, and stuff like that. But I, I really want to encapsulate all aspects mm -hmm. of the paranormal. Um, but then there's there's one that's very personal to me, and it's it's not about the genre whatsoever. And um, I last year I I um. I lost my my sister in 2020. Oh, sorry. Um, oh, I'm sorry. Thank you. Uh, to um, heroin addiction. So, um, and she had been missing for a few years prior to that. And uh, there's a lot of aspects of that. I know, as particularly with last year, there's so many people struggling um, with the pandemic. So many people who have developed addictions from that. Yeah. Um, so many families that I think that could really benefit from getting more stories out there. Um, and I want to tell her story a bit in the process because uh, I remember the last time that when she was in the hospital last and we had a conversation, I, I would tell her, you know, I just need you to get better and, and like, let's do something positive. Like we can make a documentary together about this and we can get that information out to people, to loved ones, people that are struggling, people so that like this doesn't have to happen. It doesn't have to tear another family apart that we can prevent that. Um, and so, yeah, I'm, I'm excited about it. I, I've started like pre-production on that and figuring out how I'm going to tell the story, go on the journey. Um, and uh, I think it'll be very therapeutic for me at the same time because sure. losing somebody during the pandemic was very hard. You know, she died March 30th. We didn't have any kind of ceremony until October and it wasn't even really one to speak of because so much time had passed. You, 
there's like you don't you don't see the body i know that sounds weird and i know you know a lot of cultures don't or um but like you you don't have resolve from it it takes much longer to get over um because you you still i i would find myself during the pandemic waking up and be like oh, i wonder how my sister's doing today and then i'm like mm. and then you remember like that they passed it, it it's because there was no you there no was closure. no conclusion there was no closure, right. yeah, no closure. the family we, we just didn't get closure during the time at all and I, I think it's still it still lingers so i think many aspects of doing it will be very therapeutic for me and uh and yeah i, I think I, I need to do it yeah it sounds yeah, amazing. i'm, I'm yeah. extremely sorry for your loss but it does sound like a project that yes therapeutic for you but can also help a lot of other people as well yeah uh, I have a question here from uh, Kyrie Chris Sutton. Who's that motley bunch of dudes you've been filming with? <laughs> a motley bunch of dudes. Have I been? No, I've, I have been doing um, uh, filming, <laughs> still uh, filming with Stephen Shippey, uh, and uh, it's been fantastic working with him. Um, he he brings me uh, every once in a while to come shoot these uh, documentary pieces that he does and puts together on for his like Patreon or whatever he's he's doing and putting out there. But he's such a genuine person. There's not many people I, I've found that I like really like to investigate with, but he's he's chill and authentic. And I I love I love working with and surrounding myself with people that like really are passionate about the field and and um and yeah that if if that's what he's referring to I, have, <laughs> I think those are probably the most recent photos of me doing something. But yeah that that's uh that's who I've been hanging out with once in a while, I guess, when they have me. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so uh, let me put the uh, one more time. I'll put the banner up here for for Cosm, and that's a zero in the website, right? What what is with the zero? No one's asked me that, but yes, yeah, yeah. You can go to like Stream Cosm without the zero and, and get there okay. too. Okay, but, but Q0SM.com. Um, yes, yeah. So uh, Cosm, like I, I think I like to think about it as like a microcosm, one piece, one one unit um, of a system. And, um, and I remember when I was going through domain names, right? I was I was so stuck on Cosm. I was like, I have to pay homage to Vidispace, and I also have to have it make sense. And I, I went through all of these different names, and um, Cosm Q O S M. Um, to be completely blunt, I reached out <laughs> to the person that owned it, and they were like wanting twenty five grand. I'm like, I don't have twenty five oh, grand, and I was like, you know what? I would, I, I like, I had a dot space with Viddy dot space, you know. Mm -hmm. I had a dot space when no one was doing dot space accounts, you know, and I was like, you know what? No one puts numbers in their URLs. I don't need your 25 grand domain name. I'm just <laughs> going to take, I'm going to add a zero because um, the original logo, I just got the, the logo rebranded, but the original logo had the, the, the oval shape like that. And it, it had okay. like the, the cosm in the middle, like, cause it's like the unit, the system of it. And, um, and I was like, I'm going to also, Pay homage to the original logo. This is my brain. I don't that's know. That's fantastic. That's, just, that's what came out. You know, and people oh, will learn awesome. over time. They'll be like, oh, what's that zero? Huh? 
Here it yeah, is. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> and now we know. That's fantastic. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much, Elizabeth, for joining us this evening. This has definitely been uh, interesting getting a chance to, to pick your brain on a variety of topics. And uh, yeah, for everybody, uh, that's listening to the podcast later on this week and on KGRA radio, uh, which will be syndicated Friday night, uh, Q0SM.com, where you can find Cosm and uh, check out Elizabeth's streaming platform. And um, you have a personal website too, correct? ElizabethSaint.com. ElizabethSaint.com. All right, there you go. Again, thank you so much, Elizabeth. This has been absolutely fantastic. Thank you so much, guys. It was great. Yeah. It was nice to meet you. You too. Have a great night. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.